0: The blaze radio network on demand.
1: Glenn Beck. I was going to start with saying that uh, Michael Avenatti is, you know, is, is my cousin Vinny, but my cousin Vinny is even better than Michael Avenatti. He is the worst lawyer in, in all of the history, the annals of ridiculously bad lawyers. So I'm trying to figure out what national day this should be, because uh, with Avenatti, it could go either way. Right now, it's a toss up between the no good, very bad lawyer day or the no good, very bad political operative day. And a federal judge was confused yesterday as well. Now, in case you don't remember, Avenatti is the guy who represents Stormy Daniels in the defamation lawsuit against the president. Okay. this is, the, this is the reason why Avanade, This is the reason why we know this guy. We know it because Stormy Daniels is his client and says, "Oh my gosh, the president is defaming me." And he didn't say, "You're a stripper." Uh, I don't. I don't know. We can defame strippers any more than you've defamed yourself. Anyway, so he goes and he is the infinite superstar lawyer he's full of awesomeness and he decided to build this case off of get this a tweet a tweet from the president he's defaming me let me see the evidence right here it's a tweet and he took the case trump trump tweeted back in april regarding a man allegedly sent by trump that he had threatened her not to come forward with her story quote A sketch years later about a non-existent man, a total con job, playing the fake news media for fools, but they know it. End quote. That was the tweet. Boom! The hounds of hell are are unleashed in a defamation suit. So yesterday, we finally get to see the case and the lawyer, uh, you know, has to stand up. Avenatti stands up and he tells the judge... Now, the judge isn't sure if this is just really bad lawyering or some kind of game of political football. So the judge opted to rule it as both. The judge stated that the president's tweet was rhetorical hyperbole protected under the First Amendment and uh, part of the quote politics and public discourse in the United States. So that's 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 part of it. That's part of it. So you Can't really get him on defamation. So forget for a moment that a federal judge has just highlighted that a defamation suit between a sitting U.S. president, a porn star and a political activist masquerading as a lawyer is now considered normal and business as usual. Consider for just a second that this lawyer is actually considering running for president of the United States. A man that has shown no qualms at all with parading women, first Daniels and then Swetnick, in front of the entire world, embarrassed them all for his own ugly political greed. The federal judge ordered the case closed. And Stormy Daniels has to pay all of the president's legal fees. Now, this might be the funniest thing that has uh, has come out of all of it. Daniels has set up a crowd justice page, kind of like a GoFundMe page back in April to pay for all of her legal fees. And as of today, that page has raised five hundred and eighty six thousand dollars. So to everyone who just donated, you just paid President Trump's lawyers over half a million dollars. And as the kids, as the kids say nowadays, LOL. LOL. It's
0: Tuesday, October sixteenth. This is the Glenbeck Program.
1: We need to have a powwow about Elizabeth uh, Warren too. Powwow chow? We need. Can to... we make that uh, oatmeal
2: soup that she made in powwow chow? I
1: don't know, I but think we should try that. I hope that somebody smoke a peace pipe on this whole thing mm. because this is this is just
2: outrageous. Don't you think? Yeah, she released this big. Uh, basically i would say presidential audition video yesterday to sh- show everyone that she was super native american yeah super duper native no american. she was uh, she's cherokee she's cherokee and part delaware yes uh so. which is uh is something that does not seem to be backed up by the facts now they first came out and said well the dna test shows her to be 132nd uh cherokee and then they revised that to one... Th- th- the media revised it, and they actually looked at the report, and it says 132nd to 1512th. Mm-hmm. Then they realized, oopsie-doopsie, we made a, a math error. This is a serious correction. They didn't say oopsie-doopsie in the correction, but they they should have, because uh, that always makes everything better. Sure. Um, but it was between one uh, one... Sixty fourth and one one thousand twenty fourth, I believe it was. Yeah, one one thousand twenty fourth. Now that, of course, in and of itself. So if you cut the human nothing. body
1: up to one one thousand twenty
2: four right. pieces,
1: that one of them, one of those pieces, would have a little bit of Cherokee.
2: Now this, theoretically, right, yeah. could at least give her a. Technical defense of her bullcrap over the past fifty years, right? Where she's lying and saying she's, uh, you know, she's a uh, Native American and she's uh, getting benefits for this, and she's getting her stupid soup recipes and powwow chow, which is the goal of almost everybody. Powwow chow, how <laughs> powwow chow? The name of the you
1: book. want to talk about appropriating a culture? Powwow chow. That's right. Is that- I'm going all full. I'm going all full. I- I'm, I'm just. I'm gonna. I'm just. But let's all complain about
2: the names of football teams. But yeah. let's let Elizabeth Warren get away anymore. with Pow Wow Chow.
1: From here on out, our our audience is called our tribe. And we mean it
2: in the Native American sense. It's a tribe. It's a tribe. Well, it does see, I mean there are studies that show mm-hmm. that the average person of European descent mm-hmm. has more Native American blood in them than Elizabeth Warren is even showing. In her study, the average person, the average person, because the aver- I mean, look, this is not a. It's a very DNA is a complicated matter, and it doesn't exactly show what they try to make it out to show.
1: Yeah, it, it doesn't show yeah. any DNA from an actual Native American. Yeah, what it shows because we yeah. don't have any DNA. DNA Native American tribes have said we're not participating in DNA studies. We don't want. Any DNA study so they 've never given any DNA, so we can 't use actual Native Americans to test the DNA against We have to use people from Peru, Mexico, and Colombia Colombia, yes,
2: well so, wait, and, th- and the theory is that they those the same people wind up migrating further south, so you can use them as a stand in right, but it does not show that she has Native American blood that 's not even what they tested. Uh, and even that is—it's a weird thing. DNA doesn't really do that, right? Like if you—if you were born like Ted Cruz, right? Ted Cruz was born in Canada, as many people have noticed and like to point out over the years. It would not show that he has Canadian blood, right? Like that's not the way this works. It doesn't. Oh well, he was, he was three miles over the border, therefore he was Canadian. That's not what DNA does. It, sh- it shows a lineage, and it shows it's—it can be interesting in some ways mm-hmm. to show migration patterns and things.
1: I wonder if he would—it would if his blood would show that he's. A thousand times more Hispanic than uh, Robert Francis
2: O'Rourke. <laughs> it's true. It probably would show that. Yeah. Uh, but so it's interesting, you know, from that standpoint of her trying to put this issue behind her and falling flat on her face. First of all, it's it does not even show the Native American thing. Second of all, the other part which is interesting about this is they do have an idea who they believe the Native American relative was. Um, It was uh, her great-great-great-great-grandmother, I think, uh, several generations back. And um, when she registered, it was in the 1700s, she registered as white. Now, the theory, again, uh, as put forth by the the Warren uh, campaign, and, and, and this is true, that she would have had an incentive at this time to identify as white instead of a Native American because there was a lot of violence against Native Americans at the time. So if you could get out of saying, you know, it's like if you're in Nazi Germany and you said you were not a Jew, right, and you were able to get away with that, there'd be some serious incentives to do that. Number one, obviously while that's true, we don't know that it's true with this person, right? We don't know that it was true with her great-great-great- great-great-great-grandmother. And Secondarily, yeah. Glenn, what have we learned from progressives? We have learned that if you identify as something, you are that thing. This woman identified as white. And now we're denying her what she herself has identified as. She said she was white, and now we're going to tell her she's not? That was what well, I no, was told wait. we were not allowed to apply to anybody. No, we can't do that to her.
1: But Elizabeth Warren is identifying as Cherokee. So we have to accept that she is. But we can't accept Look, here's what, what her great-great-great-grandmother identified as. I know. As. Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I mean, really, seriously, this is so ridiculous. This story is just so ri- I don't really care. I don't care either. I don't I, I care. care that she's lying and the people should How do you know she's lying? Uh, let me just play. Look, mm-hmm. I want a cigar store Indian with Elizabeth Warren's face more than anybody else on the planet. So don't get me Are they selling those yet? Those got to be No, for but selling. we've got to start making them. Mm-hmm. Uh I want one more than life itself, okay? So you know where I'm coming from. However, you know, we all have things. I have a story in my family, mm-hmm. okay, of uh, one of my great 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 grandfathers. Now, my my grandfather actually took a horse, a big, a full sized horse. He was a he was kind of a vet, and he took him and he grabbed him underneath the chin. He didn't have anything to put this horse down. Didn't have a gun or anything else to put. And he took him and he punched him in the head <laughs> and knocked the horse out. Okay so my family my on my mother's side they're big people Mm -hmm. uh and they 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 had muscles in them that i don't have okay now the legend in the family is that my great 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 grandfather Mm -hmm. uh was this guy i don't know why they always involve horses but one of the neighbor's horses kept uh, jumping over and getting into his garden or whatever. I don't even know what it is. And he picked it up and threw it over the fence. I don't know if that's true. i got to go out, out to live and say it's not. My family, you don't know. So <laughs> it could be true. It might not be true who cares that's what i wow. grew up hearing same thing with her she might have grown up
2: hearing oh yeah this is what it was but it was it was it was not true how many advantages through your life did you get because you had people in your family who threw horses over <laughs> over walls well, or whatever?
1: i was i almost right. made it into wwe but how many times have you
2: told that story you've been on the air for how many years never never i've never told so, this so story. you you've you've yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get Again, it. Again, she is trying to play identity politics. And if you're going to play identity politics, you better be right on these things. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think uh, it is. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. It's, I'll give valid. You that. it's valid. It's valid. i give you that. Give you it's that. not a huge story. I mean, you know. we. Well, you know what is a huge part of this
1: story is the Cherokee Nation came out yesterday. Yes. And said, quote. A DNA test is useless to determine tribal citizenship. Current DNA tests do not even distinguish whether a person's ancestors were indigenous to North or South America. Sovereign tribal nations set their own legal requirements for citizenship. And while DNA tests can be used to determine lineage, such as paternally uh, to an individual, it is not evidence for tribal affiliation. Using a DNA uh, test to claim any connection to a Cherokee nation or any tribal nation, even vaguely, is inappropriate and wrong. It makes a mockery out of DNA test and its legitimate uses while dishonoring legitimate tribal governments and their citizens whose ancestors are well documented and whose heritage is proven. Senator Warren is undermining tribal interest with her continued claims of tribal heritage. Okay, look, it's not a good look. Yeah, they're they're not uh, they're not offering
2: the peace pipe here to her. Uh, she should probably zip it. And it does this not, Glenn. This whole saga of the last two days with this, as you point out, ridiculous story. Does this not pro- uh, serve as a gigantic warning sign to Democrats to not nominate her? This is a no, 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 no. I look. No, no, I no,
1: want no, no. no, no this is this is a sign. This you is a she's she you, should be your a candidate. Really, i really she, hate her she's <laughs> yes, great. She's, great. she's great she's great she'll get the the minority vote she'll get the Native American vote oh yeah if you can't vote and uh you, huge huge uh, wow uh, anybody I'll, who is <laughs> one won of anything is going to be voting for her i'm afraid of her she should run she should be the nominee were we convincing? Because I yeah. think and, I'll, and and Avenatti should be either her spokesperson or VP or both or both. That's a scary ticket. Warren Avenatti. I think they should do it. I think, I think they, they, should, they should should have a powwow about it. They should get together. All right. Filter by. Uh, Stu, I brought this in. I changed my filters because I got my filter by in. Oh, okay. Okay, They arrived? Yes. Okay. Remember I said I don't even know where my filter is? Well, I found it. Okay. I found it. That started as white. That's very dirty. (laughs) That's Yeah, I I went upstairs and I said, see the white in there? I mean, I have the I should have brought the other filter in that I had that uh, I replaced it with, but but see how it started as white. Yeah, it's it's dark charcoal it's, gray now. It's bad. I yeah. pulled that out and I was ashamed to say, you know, the truth. So I said, honey, why have you not told me that we needed to change the filter before now? Look at what we've been breathing. You're just a bad person.
2: Yeah, that's a good way to go. <laughs> that's a good direction. <laughs> she
1: just looked at me. She just, when I pulled that out, she just looked at me and just shook her head like, you're pathetic. Anyway. Now I'm not pathetic because of FilterBy. FilterBy.com. They're going to send it to you. They'll send. I don't have to worry about it again because another one's going to come to my door. And when the other one comes to my door, I pull it out and I just push this one in. It's really simple. FilterBy.com. Made here in America. You get five percent off if you um, uh, you know if you just sign up like I did. That you just have them recurring. It's FilterBy.com. Make it really simple for yourself. It is FilterBy.com. You know, here's a here's a problem with Elizabeth Warren for the Democrats. Um, People are sick of this. Now, the you know, the 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 left is not sick of this, but I think the average Democrat is just as sick of this as as the uh, the Republican and independent is. I mean, you know, starts with shout your abortion. Shout your abortion. Nobody wants to shout their abortion. Nobody thinks that's a good idea, except for the extremist and the and the revolutionaries and the Marxists and, you know, the the postmodernists. Everybody else is like, don't shout your abortion. That's not something to be proud of. So y- you have this, you have Antifa, you have, you know, hating cops, hating whites, hating men, hating capitalism, shutting down of free speech, hate God. People, aren't, people are not into, you know, oh, in third grade, there's a transition party because all genders are fluid. They're not into that. And they've had enough of it. And with Elizabeth Warren doing this whole, I am Native American, nobody cares. Nobody cares if she is. Nobody cares if she isn't. I mean, what difference does it make? And so by playing into it, she's just making it about identity politics more and more, and nobody care people are done with identity politics. I'm telling you, they're done with it. And the, the, the first candidate and well we already know, the first candidate was Donald Trump that said, "I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you accuse me of. I don't care." That's why he won. Because he, that's why 20% of the people who voted for Donald Trump, and you'll never hear this from mainstream media because they don't, they don't, the Democrats don't want this known. 20% of the people who voted for Donald Trump voted for Barack Obama at least once, many twice. So they came over from the Democratic side. They're sick of it. They're sick of it. Now, they may not like his extreme tweets and everything else, but they definitely don't like the idea that, yeah, we're going to get rid of capitalism because it's an old outdated idea. Yeah, you know, we think we should shut down free speech. Oh, I hate those cops. They're all murderers. Men, boy, men are trouble, especially white men. Did you know that I'm Indian? And uh, that's really great. I shouldn't have said Indian. It really should be Native American because Indian. shut up. Nobody
2: cares. With all of the stuff that is going on in the world, shut up. The issue here is you don't win that 2020 primary with 20 or 30 candidates in it without appealing to those activists who do believe all that craziness. So and they're, they're So they're stuck. They're hardcore been, incentivized right. to win those people over early, right. which is why they're all coming out. And, and you know, it's why the, the Spartacus moment happened. It's why Kamala Harris was so crazy during the Kavanaugh mm-hmm. thing. It's why Avenatti's on TV with, you know, with the crazier but, and crazier stunt every day. But, you know, Stu, how do you
1: see what used to happen is you'd have to you'd have to go over to the extreme and then you'd moderate. You're not going to be able to moderate with those people how do you moderate how do you go over to the side of antifa and say hey i don't think anything is wrong with antifa and shout your abortion and then when you get the nomination come back close enough to the center to where people are going oh she didn't really mean the shout the abortion thing oh she didn't really mean antifa because antifa and the shout your abortion people are not going to let you get away with it (laughs) you're you've been eaten You've been eaten by the hard left. And Democrats are waking up to it. They don't like what's happening on campuses. They don't like what's happening in the news. They may not like what's happening in the White House either. But they're not about shouting their abortion.
0: This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Will Stanford, welcome to the program. Glad you're here. How are you, sir? Hi, Glenn. How you doing? Good. Great. Good. So, uh, Will. Thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Uh, welcome to the program. What's on your mind?
3: Well, um, you know, I had uh, written you an email and wanted to say thank you very much for being an inspiration. Um, you know, I followed politics since I was 11 years old, and I see you as one of the, the great minds in political commentary today. And um, <clears throat> recently, I, I saw an interview between you and Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Um, And you came out and and spoke about uh, your past with alcohol and uh, how that you had entered AA and it helped you. And uh, struggling with alcohol myself um, and even being drunk when I watched that video, um, you know, I, I stopped and I went, you know, this this man with all the stress that he goes through. Uh, he's, he's managed to overcome this problem and become a better person. And really I've seen a good change in your personality. Um, you've become much more humble. And so, um, because of your inspiration, I decided to step out and go to AA myself. And, uh, it's been a huge help. Good really for us.
1: you. When did you go yeah, to AA? Yeah. When did you just start?
3: Uh, about three weeks ago. And you're still And, so, and you're still sober? Oh, absolutely. Yes. Good and for having you. a great time at that
1: yeah. really, that wasn't my experience, but good for you <laughs> good for you <laughs> so uh, uh, so uh, what was it that was said in that 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 turned you
3: you know it, it was um you're talking about the <laughs> it was funny, you know of course it was it was really impacting to to hear you be so honest i mean it's it's got to be tough uh, being in the public eye to come out with something so personal. And that that really hit me like a ton of bricks. And um and then you were talking about the uh the, the lady in your in your group that said, Oh, <laughs> honey, we're all drunks in this room <laughs> and uh I you know, I'd always seen AA meetings as probably something lame or or people that wouldn't understand me or anything like that. And that was the one moment that really turned my attitude and made me go, Well, I can walk in the door and I can do this and I'll be in good company. And I, I found that to be true.
1: Well, i tell you, Will, um, every AA meeting is different. It just depends on where you are. And if you don't find one that you relate to, go find another one. Uh, because they are mm-hmm. wildly, wildly different. Uh, you've walked into a AA meeting in Midtown Manhattan and... Uh, you know, I had a hard time relating to people because they literally were in the, the gutter and just coming out. And I never experienced that. And so it was it was different for me. Um, but you'll mm-hmm. you'll find the people you relate to. I'm so happy for you. Did did people in your life know that you were having a problem? Will?
3: Uh, yes, you know, my, my problems have been um, pretty obvious for a long time. I've, I've struggled with alcohol for uh, almost 20 years. And uh, I first I first got drunk when I was 15. I've, I've always struggled from self-confidence issues, which is kind of the undercurrent that uh, hasn't helped me. Yeah. And um, when I was around 19, I was in a terrible relationship and had a bad breakup and, and got into alcohol to kind of cope with it and try and get over it and get over the emotions. And um, it, I made a terrible drunk decision and kind of in retaliation, I, I committed a crime. And, um, my parents helped me through that time, got me counseling, got me things that I needed. But, um, with the self-confidence issues, I, I had a lot of self-hatred that came from committing that crime. Yeah, know. And, uh, coming out of that, I was drunk, uh, every day for about seven years, you know, and I, I held my life together. I, I would sober up to go to work. And I would come home and just get tanked yeah. and start all over again. Yeah. And then, um, back in um, I think it was 2008, I had a, a terrible accident. I was drunk again, uh, messing around with fireworks uh, from Wyoming and lost fifty uh, percent of my left hand. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and that didn't uh, yeah. get you to sober up. <laughs> I, I sobered up for four years and I got married. I uh, got, got, took on three step kids and walked into a different life, rebuilt my relationship with God, and uh, I came to a point of stress, as comes in marriage, and um, fell off the wagon. And it was really because I had forgotten God, that I didn't keep my eyes on the future and what was good. And uh, I've I've kind of bobbed in and out of alcohol problems, and and thank God for my wife, she's been so patient. I, I, I don't deserve this woman, she's wonderful. Um, and so, you know, I, I sobered up for a while, probably a year and a half. Um, and over this past summer, I walked away from the family company and got into a job that I thought I wanted. And those people at that job just ate me alive, you know, and that really hit my self-confidence bad. And so I was drunk for six months. You know, again, I was working, uh, staying sober just enough to work, and then i come home and get drunk. I was isolating myself from my family in my office, sleeping in my office, and it uh, really hampered my relationship with my wife and my kids. And, uh, you know, so by the time I saw this interview between you and Ben, um, I was at my own rock bottom. You know, I was a wreck, but I was keeping my life together. And uh, I was very honest with my wife about my problems with uh, my parents, you know, and recently, I've you know stepped back into the family company, when I want to take it over. I know that that life is for me. And um, you know i'm I've uh, like I said, I've followed politics since I was a kid. And really one of my aims is I'd like to write a book, and uh, despite my past, which I might get eaten alive for, I'd like to enter the political realm. And kind of get on board with you and and other people in political commentary, and use my experiences to inspire people as well.
1: Well, that is a uh, a great goal, and uh, I'm so glad to hear that you said that. Um, you know that God is a part of your life because I would not have made it without my faith, um, mm. and my and my wife. So. Uh, would you do me a favor? Yeah. Listen to, uh, I want you to listen to a couple of things. Um, there okay. there was an interview that I did a couple of weeks ago. Stu, it's his name. He's the pastor. Uh, he was wrongly accused, went to jail. Um, yeah, the, uh, uh, McGuire. Um, Gene McGuire. Gene McGuire. Mm-hmm. Um, go to my podcast and listen to Gene McGuire. He was wrongly accused, spent 34 years in jail, in prison. Um, And uh, his attitude uh, and his story of redemption and also uh, sobriety is remarkable. Um, And then also you might find it useful. I did an interview with Lewis Howes uh, from the School of Greatness a few weeks ago, uh, and that kind of goes into things a, a little more. I was operating on about three hours sleep when i did that interview and i listened to it and i went oh dear god what am i doing uh uh, so there's it's very frank on that one uh you might want to uh you might want to listen to those do me one more favor you have your wife call me if uh you fall off the wagon just to just for a little just because when we can we can we can chat on the air and then you know maybe that'll provide a little incentive for you (laughs) for you not to I know my wife my wife told me if i ever drink she'll leave me and i believe her uh and that that, that does cross my mind i believe even if you don't start drinking she may leave. yeah yeah she's no. she's probably getting up to the point now where she's like i'm gonna start drinking or i'm gonna leave you uh but uh but best of luck to you will when you least expect it expect it uh if you just remember that that your mind will knows you better than than you think and it will play all kinds of games with you. You will make it uh-huh. when you least expect it, expect it. I've made a book uh, out to you, and we're going to put it into, uh, into the mail for you. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you, Glenn. Appreciate it. I, you know, I want to spend some time, maybe on tomorrow's show, I want to spend some time about this. I'm getting so much mail now on people who are trying to go through recovery, but more Importantly, I'm getting a lot of mail about depression and um, uh, and suicide. Yeah. And I don't know why this is happening, but suicide is a huge spike. And I don't think people understand it. Uh, and I want to share some of the things that I have seen in the uh, mail and some of the things that I've
2: heard. I don't know if you saw A Star is Born. I, do, I have not, no. It's Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Yeah. It's supposed it, to be uh, an Oscar contender. Oh, I think they're both going
1: to win Oscars. I mean, they should. It's 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 fantastic. Um but it is um I don't want to I don't want wreck anything, but uh it um it deals with alcoholism uh and and suicide and it's uh it's very powerful in its portrayal of that. And um I don't know, suicide is in our is in the zeitgeist right now. Um, and uh, so we'll, we'll talk about it possibly tomorrow.
2: You, you mentioned you signed a book uh, for, uh, for him and the book, of course, addicted to outrage, which we have talked about about 25 zillion times uh, in the past couple of months. You may know that it is available in bookstores. However, well, one thing we don't mention often is the subtitle. And it, you know, it's about how treating the country, right? It, and admitting that we have a problem—not not like us, but like the country as as, as, as a, a whole—as a whole has an issue with the way they're dealing with problems. Um, and if you if you look at that, because it's about what's—I it, do don't have it in front of me. It's uh, yeah, it's it uh, exactly? uh, how thinking like a recovering addict can help you heal the country. Yeah, I mean it's 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 those principles that are helping him get through that alcoholism, right? a lot of those same principles would w- work at, uh, on our country. No, they definitely would. And uh, that's, you know, you get into some of the addi- addiction issues in the book, but also how that applies to everything we have to deal with on a, on a daily basis. You, you know, with a cure for Michael Avenatti, like this is, that's what the the book is about, right? It's about being able to apply, apply those and it principles it, to you know, other
1: situations it starts at the and it starts at the beginning it's not just admitting you have a problem that we all have a problem that the nation has a problem and i think we can all admit that um but it really it really it, it's just, I, I think there's a section in here that in the book that really came before as an alcoholic i had to decide is life worth living and in the book there's a chapter of are we good or are we bad is this republic is the American experiment worth saving and we're not talking about that we're seeing people tear it down but nobody who's talking about is it worth saving so how do we answer that question and the book goes through that and I I think the road to recovery of of our ills in this nation start there. You know, you can say Hillary Clinton can say, well, I can't compromise with people. You know, I can't even talk to those people because they want to destroy everything I believe in. Well, what is it you believe in and, and really believe in don't tell me the trite little things. Tell me about America. Tell me who you are now. She can't do that because I don't, I, I just don't think that she's, uh, she's honest enough to tell me she's she's a politician she's uh, calculating and, and so are most politicians right and left it's up to us we have to say that to our neighbors that we think we disagree with can we just can we not talk about politics for a second is america worth saving is it a good place or a bad place and the book shows you how to have that conversation and gives you some some facts both on good and bad because both sides have to have to step to the plate. Both sides. Republicans generally see raw, raw, all of the good things, red, white, and blue, and we're patriotic because we believe. And we don't want to hear the bad things because usually the bad things are being told to us by people who hate the country. We have to go out and learn the bad things about the country. And those people who just know the bad things about the country have to go and honestly look for the good things. Because... I don't know about you, but I'm both good and bad. And my struggle every day is to be more good than bad, (laughs) to be a little better than I was yesterday. And if I let myself go, I'll be a bad guy. Well, we've let ourselves go. We're not trying to balance that anymore. We're saying we want to save this. Well, why? Why? What's worth saving? What is it? What are we saving? And can you save, quote, the free market system By violating the free market system. The answer to that is no. So what is it we're saving and is it worth saving? And once we decide on that, we'll know the path forward. Want to thank our sponsor this half hour, it's uh, X chair. Just bought uh, new chairs for the uh, studio, um, and it's the X chair. Stu, how do you like it?
2: Love it so far. Yeah, it's great. It's really comfortable, and it's not uh, the—we had kind of like—I mean, I don't want to call you cheap— uh, but we had uh, <laughs> they, cheap weren't, they, weren't, they cheap weren't cheap. They weren't cheap chairs. They just they they felt like they were cheap. Yeah, well, they, they uh, were their
1: typical you know Staples office kind of chair, mm-hmm. which
2: they were on the high end, but it you know it, it they weren't cheap, but they it were felt crap. like it. Yeah, yeah, they felt like. It. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, and uh, now you've got the X chairs in here, and it's a big difference. I mean, you just you know it's you, know, you have a lot more support. They're more comfortable. They're you know the the feet you know the features on them when they go up and down they actually work. Yeah, Uh, and everything. There's like 144 adjustments. Did you know that? No, it is. There's like 144 different
1: uh, adjustments to this thing. It's crazy. You could just sit here. I just don't have time. I, I sit here all day and just make it absolutely perfect. So every day, I just adjust a little bit more. I'm like, okay, oh, wait, I forgot that feature, and you can move it in. They're fantastic chairs. Feel the difference for yourself. X-chair on sale now for $100 off. And if you go to xchairbeck.com, that's X-chair, X, the letter, chair b e c k B-E-C-K.com, or call 844 4 x Chair. X-Chair will come with a 30-day, no-questions-asked guarantee of complete satisfaction. You have to sit in it to know. You have to adjust it to know. So get it, xchairbeck.com. Use the promo code BECK, B-E-C-K. You'll get a free footrest as well and the 30-day renewal plus the $100 uh, off that is on sale right now. 844-4X-Chair or xchairbeck.com. Boy, there is a real split, and I think common sense is starting to take hold. Uh, we talked to Gavin McGinnis, who the press is blaming for the the uh, the trouble in Portland this weekend. We'll get his take on that. And Harvard and racial balancing. I think they're about to
2: lose this. Glenn
0: Beck, Mercury...
2: Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall.
0: Glenn Beck.
2: A little election by the numbers. So let's start with the Senate. Uh, Glenn And right now, uh, it is looking very good for uh, Republicans uh, Mm -hmm. to control the Senate and potentially even expand their majority. Um, In fact, the chances are pretty good that they're going to be able to do that. Um, Let me give you the... the, We have a little uh, graphic here you can kind of set up here, and we'll we'll, we'll let everyone on the radio know as well. There are 46 seats that are pretty much assured for Republicans right now. Um, If you kind of use the solid Republicans' uh, seats, you're up to about 47 And then there's three seats that are leaning Republican right now. There's Texas, uh, Tennessee, and North Dakota. All three of those are leaning to the Republican side. All they have to do is win the leaning states, and they're to 50, which gets them control of the Senate for at least a couple of years. Um, There are six races in the toss-up category, and each one of those is going to expand that majority if they can do that. So, I mean, like, Arizona seems to be going in the right direction right now. There's a couple, like Florida and Nevada, which are really close, easily, you know, total toss-up races these are very close right now, but you could easily see a scenario where Republicans can get to fifty-three or fifty-four seats. It, it all comes down to the, the, this question in
1: my mind: mm-hmm. Do you want to shout your abortion or not? Do you want to shout your abortion? I'd rather do not. Do you do you believe that it is a healthy direction for the country to be to have representatives and senators? Who stand right next to people who say, shout your abortion, be proud of your abortion. No, no, no. No, what happened to safe and
2: rare? What
1: happened oh, to that? Oh, that's dead. That's the rare dead. part of it is dead. Yeah, the it's rare now, part is dead. Shout your abortion, be proud of it. Let's make a comedy of it.
2: And I got news for you, uh, by the way, all abortions are not safe. Uh, in fact, they are 100% effective at killing something. Yes. Uh, so it uh, never was safe. Uh, it is currently legal, uh, but they don't care about rare anymore. That one's no, gone out the window. And it's not just that; it's extremists on all fronts. If you if you look at what's
1: happening in Portland, and you think this, I you know I want more of that. Well, you know who to vote for.
2: Uh, <laughs> That's it. I, I, yeah, if you want, I mean. Look at all the things we've seen over the past few years. I mean, from everything, occupying Wall Street, occupying Scott Walker's Statehouse, oc- occupying uh, the, the Keystone Pipeline, FBI buildings in Portland. You want that to continue? There's a way to get it. There's a way to get it. Mm-hmm. In fact, turn the volume up. Uh, Spartacus and his friends will do it.
1: All right. We, uh, we wanted to bring Gavin McGinnis in. Uh, Gavin. Uh, is a CRTV host, Get Off My Lawn, which is, I think, my favorite name of any show. Uh, and uh, he's in trouble now because uh, the press has decided he's he's very, very violent. He's a Canadian writer, actor, and comedian. He is the co-founder of Vice Media and Vice Magazine, uh, and now on CRTV, and we welcome him to the program. Gavin, I really appreciate you coming on.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm really happy to be here. It's one of the few places telling the right stories.
1: Well, um, I, I will tell you this. I, I mean, um, your tribe believes in take them on. And I, and and that's totally fine. My tribe uh, reluctantly is more of the, you know, stand with uh, peace and more of Martin Luther King. You're kind of Malcolm X. I, I want us to be able to understand each other and live with one another because you're not the enemy. Uh, and. And what what you guys are doing, I totally and completely understand you've had enough and you want to stand up and say, because nobody else is. Am I right? Is that what what's happening?
0: Yeah, well, look at those two. Those two versions uh, wouldn't have been that different on
1: Friday night. Uh, the, The
0: guys who were looking for a fight, they got in some extra kicks. Right. And so that's maybe five seconds. Of violence that wouldn't have happened if it went your way. That's five seconds out of three days of terror. Uh, Antifa was was threatening the venue. They were giving death threats to this old lady who answers the phone there.
1: Okay, there hang on, hang report. on, hang on. Start. Go, let's go back to okay. what you were doing. What the venue is. What, <laughs> and you have to hit on the poster because uh, I <laughs> I think the poster is uh, just uh, entertaining. But go
0: ahead. Well, I. Otoya Yamaguchi killed the socialist with a samurai sword in 1960. And it's a funny troll that a lot of right-wing guys do. It's sort of like the Pinochet thing, free rides, free helicopter rides for commies. It's really satire, right? Right. So it's that kind of setup. I announced it on Tuesdays, Call myself Otoya Yamagavi, and I photoshopped myself into his mugshot. Um, The second we announced that, and anyone who knows me too knows that it's satire, Antifa goes full blast. They start attacking the venue, attacking the old lady there. The calls are coming from all over the country, by the way. So this is a planned attack that Antifa has worked. I think DNC and Antifa are working in an hand, because this was well-organized and well-funded. So then that those attacks continue. Night before the venue, totally trashed, window smashed, big, ridiculous, pretentious manifesto nailed to the door that says that we put the Republicans on notice Uh, This is only the beginning. We are not civil, which, by the way, is a Hillary quote. Uh, Then I get to the venue that night, sorry, the next night, total and utter chaos, beautifully made signs, screaming, hurling bottles of urine, which one of them hit my car on the way out, uh, organized rallies. Like, there's this guy in a Mets hat you'll see if you really get deep into the, the foxhole where he's calling Antifa and saying, you know, you guys, go over there, over there. A citizen journalist gets beat up, they take his backpack, the police arrest him, and then... Uh, wait, wait, they,
1: they, turn... they arrest the citizen journalist?
0: Yeah, No, no, sorry, they arrest three of the, of the ten who mobbed this guy. Okay. But I had I interviewed him today, and he was talking about coordinated attacks. It seemed very military. So this isn't anarchy these anarchists are pulling off.
1: Well, you you know, um, I, I don't know if I'm sure you are. Um, Antifa Austin is, uh, on their Facebook page has called for guerrilla style tactics. They, they've called for a, what do they call it? A black shirt army or something, a red, a, a red shirt army. I can't remember. Um, but they're calling for people that just want to go out and do what Antifa normally does. But they're also calling now for a, an actual standing army. And they were looking for people that know military tactics that could teach people. So that's, that's happening. And, of course, Facebook doesn't have a problem with, with covering that. But
0: Well, that must be the Mets hat guy the police are looking for that my citizen journalist told me about. Um, so, yeah, that's those guys were charged with assault and robbery because they took his backpack. So now you and I, by the way, peaceful uh, Martin Luther King guy, and Malcolm X guy, are still having the same experience right up till now, and it's been days. And then when it's time to leave... I come out there, I've got my plastic sword, I make a, a Toya Yamaguchi <laughs> joke, and they, that's when they hurl the urine at me, I jump in the car. And then uh, this group of proud boys are, are the last ones to go. They they leave, and the video just came out yesterday on Breaking911 on Twitter. They are attacked by Antifa, fully clad, with all their gear, and they throw a bottle at them, and a huge fight breaks out. And Now, in your world, that fight would have been, you know, hey, cops, cops, or something like that. In the Malcolm X world, it's a little bit longer. But again, five to ten seconds difference. So we're splitting hairs here. Yeah. The real issue is we are up against homicidal lunatics with no agenda, no plan. It's not like they know where we're going to get you know, our, our gas and oil from after the revolution. These guys just want to burn America to the ground. And the media is on their
1: side. Yeah, I know so it's so frustrating because um we had the same kind of thing happening out in in portland oregon and uh you know portland has i i don't know who this mayor is what i mean what the hell is he doing where they're already directing traffic antifa the police are standing a block away and then they do nothing
0: well my understanding with these super left-wing towns like berkeley and portland is the mayor allows antifa to wreak chaos and then he can say, "Sorry, Trump supporters are trouble. I mean, look at all the chaos that happens when someone who likes Trump shows up. When when Republicans and conservatives are around. So let's just, you know, if you don't want Antifa around, stop being fa. That's their sort of motto, and it works.
2: It's interesting, Gavin, because because the initial video seemed to indicate that your guys were in the wrong. That they had they started this and and they started the violence." The second video that was released, however, shows clearly someone from Antifa throwing something uh, at uh, at uh, the, the Proud Boys, and, and, and that's when the fight breaks out. It was not something that you guys, at least the, the main one that has been covered, it was not something that you guys instigated.
0: Isn't it strange how quick the media is to run with the evil Nazi narrative without doing any research whatsoever? And isn't it strange, too, how... The media takes a five second clip and makes that the total story when we have days and days and days of subterfuge, days and days of domestic violence. It's almost. Like I'm at I'm a point now where I think they don't just like Antifa, they are Antifa. I think a lot of these journalists, these little HuffPo bloggers, will go to rallies with masks on. I'm convinced.
1: I will tell you, I. I... Uh, I'm having a very hard time defending uh, the press, which I have tried to be more moderating uh, on my on my words with the press. But the the deeper we get into the violence on the streets and the calls for kick them when they're down and all of this stuff. Uh, there's no excuse when 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 the when they will not call a mob a mob an angry mob when everybody knows what that means I, I I don't know what I I don't know what to say I, I mean how you, I, I, you and I can't go to restaurants
0: Tucker Carlson just today said he can't go to restaurants so no known conservative can go to a restaurant today that's a new one and it's because the the media will throw around white supremacists like, it, it means absolutely nothing. A white supremacist is someone who sees white people as above all other races, just inherently better, and wants all the other races out of America. That is a remarkably esoteric view to have. It's, it's a, a crazy view to have. And they just throw it on us, and it sticks like glue. And it affects our families, it affects our lives, affects our personal lives. There's got to be some culpability there.
1: Okay, so Gavin, hold on for a second. I want to uh, I want to take you over across the break and and just ask you what it is you believe. What is the America that you see and that you're fighting for? Back with Gavin McGinnis coming up in just a second. Let me tell you a little bit about Gold Line. If you think this stuff is going away quickly, it's not. Uh, if the Republicans lose one or both houses of Congress, we are in. We're in for a real wild ride. Um, They are going to subpoena the tax records. And when they don't get the tax records from the White House, the White House will bring it to the Supreme Court. And then the uh, Democrats will say the Supreme Court doesn't have, you know, doesn't have a right to do this because of. Of uh Kavanaugh on, and Kavanaugh needs to recuse himself, and he's not going to recuse himself. Then they're going to try to impeach Kavanaugh, and then they'll impeach Donald Trump. I mean, it's this is what's happening. This is what's happening. These people are playing for keeps, and they are not paying attention to things like oh, I don't know, the economy. Has Has anybody really heard? You know, I see the tweets from Donald Trump all the time, I see all the stuff they're saying about Donald Trump. Has anybody really heard? What's going on with the stock market? Does anybody really paying attention to what's happening with Saudi Arabia? That's a pretty big deal, especially when you look at the price of oil. Uh, anybody paying attention to that? Nope, not in the media. Goldline has put together a, um, a report for you on all of the scenarios that could happen if they take one or both of the houses. And they're they're pretty, you, you need to be aware of them uh, because things can change quickly. I buy gold and silver as an insurance against chaos. I and I we're becoming more and more chaotic. Get your copy of this report now. What is coming next due to this election? 866 Goldline. 1866 Goldline. Inform yourself now. 1866 Goldline or goldline.com. We're with uh, Gavin McGinnis, who is uh, the host of get off my lawn on crtv uh he is the writer actor comedian he is the founder co-founder of vice media and vice magazine uh and uh also the leader of the proud boys uh which the media is saying um, you know they're they're violent uh and racist activists so tell me who you really are gavin tell me what you're really fighting for what is your vision of america well,
0: first of all, I'm not the leader of the Proud Boys. I just started it. They, they grew organically. I just happened to be there. And they grew organically to, as someone who wanted to stand up to the violence of Antifa, who were pepper spraying and Coulter and Lawrence Southern and me and all these other people who just wanted to go do a talk. And they haven't stopped with this violence. And inevitably, when you're that violent, I mean, if you had a group slashing tires, you're going to have the tire boys
1: at some point. <laughs> right. You know? So so this group would not exist if Antifa wasn't trying to shout people down and trying to um, uh, take them out?
0: I don't think so. I think you just they'd just be at a bar like the Elks Lodge. You, they wouldn't be coming out to defend people. But more importantly, the, the way I feel personally is America is the greatest country on Earth because it's not about identity politics because it's not about your accent like it is in Britain or where or, or you come from. It's about meritocracy. You come here, you bust your ass, you at least appreciate Judeo-Christian values. You can be an atheist, but you have to understand that that is the backbone of the country. And as long as you, you're part of us, you're in. We don't care if you're from Uganda, Singapore, you bust your ass, you're into American values, you're in. And there's not a lot of places like that in the world. It's, it's very rare to have that total lack of classism and that admiration for independence and liberty and hard work. And we got there through a horrible list of ups and downs and, and rights and wrongs and trying to correct things. We had slavery. Our treatment of the Indians was not, uh, was not what you'd expect for someone to whom the Sermon on the Mount was divine command, as, as mm-hmm. Buchanan says. But we, we, we got here all together through all this mess and all this suffering, and here we are in the freest country of the world, and we get people complaining, saying America was never great. And and that's what pisses me off. And it's ironic that we we get called white supremacists because the reason we love America is it doesn't bother with all of that crap.
2: Gavin, we had this for a long time. I think the media basically just said Antifa was they didn't exist. They ignored them completely. And as the violence has escalated, their new tactic seems to be Well, yes, there's violence, but it's it's the Proud Boys fault or it's it's the right wing's fault. Have you noticed or they're just exercising? My favorite is they're just exercising (laughs) their First Amendment right of uh, assembly and petition. Of course. Of course. I'm curious, Gavin, if you detected a difference recently um, in the approach from the media as is trying to make your group the real uh a villain the, the real villain in this because i mean i i they were you know there was a tweet a tweet string going on about the alleged violence by proud boys members and it was retweeted by people like maggie haberman like the big time reporters were going after this you've become i think a central target in this is that do you feel that
0: definitely i think the the dnc put their uh hate is not hate has no home here that's the only thing they have to say america and it's an idiotic thing to say that's like saying we we are sick of albino violence like we just chose this really weird concept these evil nazis and i said we're going to rid america of the Klan and nazis now there are none, so they go Uh-oh, uh oh we got to expand the net here so now anyone who disagrees with them is part of this evil hate they have to stop and i unfortunately have fallen into that that definition and it's it's <laughs> it's amazing that Antifa and the media and the DNC are all in cahoots. Like Cuomo was saying, hate is is like a a match, and you put it on dry dry grass, and then the wind just takes it. I think the match is Antifa, the wind is the media, and the DNC are starting fires.
1: I don't i i i i have to tell you, I have a hard time disagreeing with that. Um, seeing the way the uh, the left has just consumed the DNC. I mean, there, there, there's, you know, when you when you're into a an organization where you're starting to say, you know, shout your abortion and, um, and and that kind of really despicable kind of uh, uh, behavior, you're bound and determined to start just going way off the rails. And they're, they are, they're they're the extremist party now.
0: And it's it's all getting so gray. I mean, they used to, and the same is in Britain, by the way. The way that the DNC uses Antifa as their paramilitary, paramilitary wing here, uh, the media uses the jihadists over there. And, and the attitude in both cases is, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And Antifa's language and the DNC language is getting more and more similar. Just like that note, it said, we are not civil. That's what Hillary said. When we go low, uh, when they go low, we kick them. Or Maxine Waters saying no, no freedom, no, no peace or whatever. Go to their homes, attack them. We got people on CNN saying that Sarah Huckabee Saunders should be harassed for the rest of her life. That's a life sentence. They said the same thing about Susan Collins. They're sending ricin to Republicans. We got Rand Paul's wife sleeping with the gun. We got senators getting the texts of beheadings after Kavanaugh comes in. I mean, can you tell the difference in all those stories between Antifa and the DNC? They no. sound pretty similar to me.
1: Gavin McGinnis. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. Cheers. God bless. Gavin McGinnis uh, from CRTV. Get off my lawn. Uh, These are the conversations we should be having. We should be looking inside and saying, what is it I believe? What works and what doesn't? Mercury. You know, in uh, in the book Addicted to Outrage, I... I uh, some people who haven't read the book think that it is about um, uh, surrendering or or just making friends with the left, and it's not. That's not what this is about at all. This is about knowing what you believe and then taking a strong stand, but with a different approach because times have changed and um, and they're getting more and more dangerous. And I have. Talk to you about Martin Luther King for a long time. Uh, uh, somebody who wrote or uh, read my book, who um, I really respect, they they read it and they said, uh, you're about a year to two ahead. I'm not sure. Um, m- maybe, maybe, because I think more people will look at this as things become crazier and crazier, maybe. But it's not about It's not about uniting with the left, because I don't think you can unite with the the left. The left has gone insane. I think you can with a lot of Democrats. And I'm not talking about the ones in Washington. I'm not talking about political people. I'm talking about your neighbors. But the first thing we have to do is unite with each other. We have to unite people. People who uh, are on the right part of the spectrum need to come together. We have to come together. And I'm I'm really I I'm I don't like the Hey you're on the train or you're not on the train What are you talking about What train Where's a train going Here's the train that we should all be on, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights because that's why people came here in the first place. People die in the middle of the night in the desert to get here because we have a a rule of law. B We do not have a class system. You can break out. If you work hard, you're smart, and you're a little bit lucky, you can break out. You can change the world. You can invent something in your garage and become Bill Gates. That's America. That's great. That's why people come here. And we're losing sight of that. And so the first thing we have to do is ask, are we worth saving? And I think the answer... Across the board, I'll bet you 80%, maybe 90% of America says, yes, America is worth saving. So what does that mean? Well, capitalism. Capitalism, but not necessarily the way we're doing it. Not where it's playing favorites. The Constitution, but we haven't been on the Constitution or the Bill of Rights in a long time. But we do need a rule of law. Let me start asking you just a few questions. And I don't care who you voted for. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Just answer yes or no. Do you hate men? Do you hate white people? Do you hate black people? Do you hate Jews? Do you hate cops? Do you hate capitalism? Do you want to shout down others that have a different opinion? Do you want to shout down God or hate God? Do you believe street violence is the way we solve things in America? If you answered yes to any of those things, I don't think I have much in common with you. But I don't care who you voted for. I'll bet you the vast majority said no to all of those things. And it wasn't a hard, well, I don't know. It was no. No, 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 no. That's who we are. Those are the people we we need to unite with. But the easy ones to get are the ones on our own side. Gavin McGinnis and I may disagree on a lot of things. We disagree. I I believe that it would be much more helpful to take the Martin Luther King pledge and go and walk through Antifa singing hymns and let them club you in the head. Go ahead. Let them club you in the head. I know that's not fun. I don't want that. But that video of not breaking ranks and not punching back That video will speak to 80% of Americans. That video will cross all barriers and people will say, "Okay, look at these guys. They're not even defending themselves. Look at what they're doing to them. You put evil versus good side by side and people in America, at least still at this point, will choose good. But it has to be really good. It has to be a shining example of good. It has to be over the top good. That's why this is where we disagree. I understand, you know, Gavin and and, uh, the Proud Boys, what they're doing, I don't think they're wrong for wanting to do it. And I don't think they're wrong for thinking that it's the right thing. Because how is it right? How is it wrong to stand up to bullies? How is that wrong? How's that wrong if the police won't stand up, if the media won't stand up? Who's going to? So I completely understand that. And I can't blame you. Can't. I I get it. I just think it's not effective because what happens is the media then just takes the piece of the video that they have where somebody's swinging back and then they say it's their fault. So it's just not as effective. Do I want to get clubbed in the head? No. No. But if Gavin and I can't come together, even though we have big disagreements, our disagreements are not on the things that actually matter. We're not talking tactics. The things that actually matter are the principles. Bill of Rights Constitution, Declaration of
2: Independence, Judeo-Christian ethic. I mean, fundamentally, the left is—you talked about this before—shouting their abortion. They're proud of their abortion, and they're heroes. The Proud Boys are proud of the West, right? Uh, and they're the villains. Uh, you know, I think you and Gavin com- would agree completely on mm-hmm. on what to to be proud of—the uh, fact that uh, you know, Western, he- the Western way of life is is something to cherish. It's a miracle. It is, and and there's nothing and wrong it, with with defending that at all. We, uh, you know, tactics are uh, tax, tactics aside. We have to if we don't defend it, it's going to go away. You know, we're all you know we're only one generation away from losing this, as we all know. And maybe a generation seems like it could be a week or two away at this at this rate. So we have to sit there and defend it. It's it's just you know what's the best way of doing it, and I think that there's a there's a discussion there. Um, because I think, you know, I think as um, Gavin would acknowledge, and we kind of talked about it in the interview, they're going to be they're going to be under the microscope now. They got to be on their absolute best behavior as w- when the Tea Party was going on. Right. When we went out and did these rallies, if there were you said, don't bring signs, because we know if there's one sign that's out of place, if one person makes one sign that has any hint of something bad, it will be the entire story. Don't even bring signs. Make sure you clean up when we when we walk away. We want to we want this uh, this area to be cleaner than when we got here. And time after time after time, that happened. and they weren't able to show to say with any evidence that they were violent. So here's the thing.
1: I think we were way ahead. Roger Ailes told me once he said, you're so far ahead of the parade. You're about four blocks ahead they can't even see that's
2: you. Just you walking by yourself I when you're four
1: blocks ahead of the parade you're just that you're was just, his point you're on a stroll that was his point <laughs> right. and he said you're so far ahead and i said well i i don't know i'm just doing what i feel is right and he said slow down you're way too far ahead that was the best advice he ever gave me i never listened to it but uh, <laughs> uh it, it was good advice and i think You know, when we were talking, people used to say all the time, why are you talking about Martin Luther King? Why are you talking about Martin Luther King? When we went to Birmingham, I said, I want everybody here. I want you to sign that that Martin Luther King thing. Well, there was nobody shouting us down. There was nobody doing that. And I said on stage, there will be there will be there's going to come a time soon where you're going to have to uh, decide there will be these times in our future. And you have to decide now we're just ahead imagine doing uh, imagine doing a rally now we were afraid of the restoring honor rally because if you remember right the black panthers were going to come and they were going to engage us well the black panthers joined with uh with al sharpton and they tried they just marched through They didn't cause trouble. They just marched through and we let them go. And there's video of people saying good things as they're saying bad things to us. We're saying good things to them. Now, at the time, it wasn't like Antifa in Portland. And Antifa wasn't there. If you do a rally and it is peaceful and Antifa comes to attack and And we're the ones, and we don't, oh my gosh, what am I saying? Good God. And we don't turn away. We don't raise a fist. That's a different story now, and one that people want to hear. Because people aren't believing the media anymore. And they're seeing these words come out. of There are Democrats, I'm telling you, all over the country that say, look, I I, maybe I believe in abortion, but I don't believe in that. I don't believe in partial birth abortion. I don't believe in, hey, abortion should be, you know, you should be proud of it. Go shout it. It's great. There's nothing wrong with it. No. Normal people look at that on the Democratic side. I mean, the voter that lives next to you. They look and say, "Look, I don't want to be involved in those decisions, but you know, I, I'm. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Out of compassion, medical, because I don't know people's situation. Yes, but if that's your version of the pill and you're proud of it, that's a problem. That's who America is, and they're looking. They're looking for a movement." They're looking for someone they can stand with who just will call balls and strikes who are not going to say, yep, that's right. When Donald Trump tweets something stupid, just say it's stupid. I don't agree with that. But when he does something right. Yeah, he did that. Look at that, huh? Call balls and strikes. That's where America is. But the first thing we have to do is come together Behind those principles i don't care if you are on the democratic side or the republican side or the independent side i don't care i don't care who you voted for in the past i don't care what you believed in the past what do you believe now do you believe we're on the ropes do you believe this system of government is worth saving do you believe this this capitalism is worth saving do you believe the the scientific method is worth saving great Then let's stand together and put our our differences of approach aside, because we got a lot of work to save this thing right now. By the way, Gavin has already been silenced on Twitter, and if voices don't start coming together, uh, more are going to be silenced. What was it, five or six hundred uh, were silenced last week from Facebook, and I don't see anybody talking about it. I don't see anybody talking about
2: it. Yeah, it kind of came and went in just a couple yep. of
1: days. No big deal. 60 million followers just disconnected from the voices that they were following last week. 60 million. Nothing. All right, let me tell you about Relief Factor. Relief Factor has been helping uh, me uh, alleviate uh, 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 or um, alleviate pain um, starting almost a year ago now, it was in December. I was getting ready to go on vacation and, uh, we almost didn't go because my pain was so bad and I was just so desperate and, uh, you basically given up. It seemed like I had. you just resign yourself to, this is just your life. Mm, and I was starting to resign. <laughs> I was like, I was at the time saying this will concern my wife. I was at the time saying, I can't live this way anymore. I just can't do it. I can't do this every day. Uh, And so I started taking Relief Factor, and within three weeks, uh, I saw great improvement, and I thought, okay, well, maybe this is, maybe this isn't, I don't know. I started taking it every day. I continued 100% drug-free, created by doctors, four key ingredients that help your body fight against inflammation. After three weeks, I saw a difference, and I'm getting better and stronger every single day now. It's amazing, not on anything else but Relief Factor. Three-week quick start. Try it. You have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. You have everything to gain. You can get your life back. Try it. ReliefFactor.com. Go there now. ReliefFactor.com. Stu, what is it going to take? I mean, when you listen to uh, Gavin McGinnis about a half hour ago on the program, and you listen when I said, what, so what is it you believe in? What is the America that you see? I don't see anything that should be shut down. I don't think I don't see anything that is dangerous or or any good that comes out from silencing not only him, but, you know, even a crazy man like Alex Jones. But Gavin is
2: not saying things that are dangerous. You know, I, I, we've always said more voices, not less, not less uh, or probably should be not fewer. I can yeah. never, I get those confused all the time. I think it is. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you, you want I mean, that's the whole thing here. You're supposed to be able to talk about these things openly with people that you disagree with. And ideally, right, like if you care about something and you're passionate about it, you're working on persuading someone else, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I don't know that you can get into a situation where you're on the streets talking to Antifa that anyone's going to ever get convinced of anything. No. So, I mean, I that's not, that's not where I direct my attention typically. Mm-hmm. But I understand that, like, you can't have – I mean, if I lived in Portland right now, I would be happy – that uh, organizations were showing up to defend me against Antifa. Um, I, I can see that, you know, when you get to this, you get to this point, and you, you mentioned this earlier when we talked about it in, what was it, 2015 in Alabama, about how, you know, some point there's going to be these groups doing these things. They're going to be ripping people out of their businesses. They're going to be doing terrible things. They're going to be destroying property. It's all here. That's all here. And, you know, someone has to stand up for it. If, and and if, if, the, if the mayor's not going to direct the police to do it, uh, what happens to the average citizen? So we're going to go to Brazil
1: next because there is a uh, there's a presidential um, election going on in Brazil that appears to be pretty frightening. And Steve Bannon, surprise, surprise, Glenn, is in the heart of back.
0: it. Back, Mercury.
2: Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall.
0: Glenn Beck. It's Tuesday, October 16th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. I
1: want to talk to you a little bit about Brazil and the elections that are going on there. Um, nobody's paying attention to this because, you know, it's it's well was far more important than we talk about somebody's, you know, Cherokee heritage. But something is happening in Brazil that um, can really upset the Americas, both north and south. Uh, they are they are in an election now. Uh, and the guy that might win has some scary earmarks. And the press, if you ever hear talk about him, says, oh, this is uh, Brazil's Donald Trump. No. No, I don't think so. Although I believe Steve Bannon is involved in this, this Brazil. Remember when uh, who was it? Uh, Lula president. Wasn't it President Lula? Uh, he was really popular. Things were going well for Brazil. Everything seemed to be going great for Brazil. Yeah, unfortunately, there was this huge corruption scandal in the government. And I think it was in the oil industry. Uh, and it was Massive just massive and a lot of people uh went to jail because of that um the some of the districts the police had no fuel for their cars hospitals didn't have basic medication street crime is uh off the charts and when that happens then you start to get radicals only 56 percent of brazilians now say that democracy is the best form of government We we wanted to talk to somebody who could explain this to us and talk down to us, because uh, honestly, I know very little about this. Uh, Clarissa Oliveira is uh, with us now. She is um, covering the Brazilian general election uh, in Brazil uh, for the, the New York Times, if you will, of Brazil. Clarissa, welcome to the program.
4: Thank you, Glenn, for having me.
1: Sure. Um, Do we have a reason to be concerned about, let me see, his name is uh, uh, Bolsonaro?
4: Bolsonaro, yes. Uh, The fact is that Brazilian voters uh, are now responding to approximately a decade of corruption scandals. uh, And the Workers' Party, that is the party from former President Lula, was deeply impacted in the process. Uh, they are definitely not the sole responsible for uh, these scandals, but as almost every large party in Brazil was reached uh, in some way by the car wash operation, this scandal you mentioned that started in the oil business, this generated in Brazil a completely different situation regarding uh, the political class.
1: Right. 70% uh, of Brazilians say they don't have faith in any political party, right?
4: Exactly. And so what we are seeing here is more of a movement against the Workers' Party and the old way to make politics in Brazil, not only Workers' Party, uh, several traditional uh, parties were impacted in these elections, and this Created uh, an environment that allowed Jair Bolsonaro to grow unexpectedly. Nobody saw this coming uh, in this way. Uh, I believe every other, ca- all the other candidates were expecting him to um, stay small at least until the the middle of the uh, first race. And what happened, he was a victim of a knife attack, and this allowed him to stay far from the cameras, and he was kind of protected. So he wasn't exposed, and the fact is, I believe, uh, yes, uh, every country that has relations uh, with Brazil uh, has a reason to be concerned, because we still don't have any clarity on how will be Uh, a bolsonaro's government
1: okay so you don't
4: know exactly what's coming
1: he he grew up in a time where there was military rule in brazil and that was that was overthrown uh and democracy came and he has hinted in the past that uh that's the way you know you should run a government he has he has called for in what i think 99 a civil war um, and the liquidation of about thirty thousand 30, Brazilians, he is extraordinarily divisive, but he is not he is not talking about a smaller government. He is talking about a government run by the military, or at least he has in the past, correct?
4: And he's surrounded by militaries, so uh, his closest advisors today are uh, militaries. So uh, an exception is uh, Paulo Guedes uh, that is appointed as his Minister of Economy. This guy is a liberal so we have several differences uh, regarding president trump as you mentioned mm-hmm. he's a uh, he, he's a, a liberal and he uh comes as uh, he had strong relationships with financial markets in brazil so this is the man that he points out as uh the base of the trust in his government nope. but uh he said he uh, yeah, It's not clear uh, how he will manage his own team. He he has had some trouble controlling uh, his advisors that have given uh, interviews, uh, saying things that he had later to uh, unauthorize them. So uh, it is possible that uh, he will close down and keep a very close government regarding the press, for example. He has been using social media as his basic communication tool.
1: Now, this is the kind of the kind of the same thing that Hugo Chavez said when he was running the first time. He said, oh, no, it's not going to be this way. I'm not going to. And he immediately uh, came in and he started taking over the media and and uh, nationalizing everything. Is is there um, is that what we're looking at? Are we looking at a, a dictatorship possibility? with him that is a military and is it when you say he's liberal is that is that mean a socialist marxist or what does that mean exactly in brazil
4: what we expect here, most analysts uh, don't see an immediate uh, risk to democracy, as he will uh, take office and immediately he will shut down Congress. That's not what has been uh, discussed here at this time. What is expected is that maybe he could uh, promote some change in constitution, uh it is not clear how he would do it he has uh suggested that he could create a council that would uh create a new constitution for brazil and that would be submitted uh to uh vote for, uh, after it so uh, in in a council to to people to uh electors in general so he had to, to take back this this proposal, but it's not clear if he will uh, bring it back once he takes office because the fact is that he's not going to debate. He uh, is giving... Uh, just a, a few interviews, uh, usually he controls the process. He has been speaking mainly through social media, so he has no conversation from the press. And this uh, creates a, a, an unknown territory we don 't know what 's coming, but uh, analysts most analysts don 't expect something so drastic uh, right at the time, including because uh, in the legislative elections he got uh, a strong uh, performance in uh, from his allies in Congress, so we expect that he has some some level of governability and he will be able to do some of the changes that he intends to, but we still don't know exactly what would be those those changes.
1: Um, Can you tell me Steve Bannon's involvement in this?
4: Uh, Jair Bolsonaro's son, Eduardo Bolsonaro, Uh, He posted online uh, a while back a photo of him uh, next to Bannon and said that Bannon uh, said he would be glad to help in the campaign or something like this. Uh, This generated a a strong repercussion that Bannon was involved and was responsible in a a great part of uh, Bolsonaro's strategy. But uh, Bolsonaro himself uh, came to public afterwards and said it was fake news that has nothing to do with it. What we know for a fact is that Bannon has given some indications that he considers uh, Bolsonaro an expression of this right-wing movement that we see uh, in other parts of the world. And he includes uh, Donald Trump in this uh, movement. So he understands that it's uh, it's a clear wave in this direction, yeah. and Bolsonaro would be an expression of this. But we have no uh, clear indication that he would be involved. There's a picture of him close to the president's uh, presidential candidate's son, uh, and some sort of a message that he took part in this somehow, but we don't know exactly at what point.
1: And uh, uh, Clarissa, when when is the election finalized? When do we know?
4: Uh, now, at the end of the month, uh, on Sunday 28th, uh, we'll have the final results. It's very likely, the, considering the current polls, that Bolsonaro will be elected. Uh, we uh, Yesterday, we had a, a recent poll that gave Bolsonaro 59% of valid votes, and Fernando Haddad, that is the candidate from the Workers' Party, only 41 so it's a big difference. And uh, Bolsonaro, uh, poll after poll, has indicated that uh, his electors are very sure of their vote. So uh, we, we would have to have uh, a new fact, something that would be strong enough to change the scenario. But mm. um, it's very likely that he wins the election.
1: Clarissa, we'll talk to you again after the election and uh, find out uh, some more. We'll be following okay. it. Thank you so much. Pre- appreciate it.
4: Okay. Thank you so much for having me.
1: You bet. Uh, what is disturbing about this is his history. Uh, he has, uh, he has a, a very, very strong history of, um, of dictatorship uh, love and passion And uh, he is not uh, Donald Trump. He's not. He has time in the government and he is on record now. He says he's a changed man, Uh, you know, but this is the way things happen. You don't come in as a dictator. You know, even Hitler didn't come in as a dictator. He came in as a public servant and uh, and things are bad in Brazil. The other thing that is we should pay attention to is Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon is flying all over the world, and he is uh, helping cobble together this um, populist movement. And populism is neither good nor bad. It's what are the aims and uh, what are they but what, what, what's you know, what does someone use populism to get through? Populism is the Patriot Act. Make it so it sounds populist. Make it so it sounds popular. Make it so it sounds like something everybody will want. That's populism. And you can use that for good or evil. And um, in my opinion, Bannon is on the dark side of this one. And he is definitely someone to keep your eye on, and so are all the candidates that he chooses and chooses to engage with, um, because um, in the rest of the world, the the believe it or not softness and uh, tempered Donald Trump doesn't necessarily exist. Our sponsor this half hour is uh, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is the way to guard your home, to watch over you and your family, and it's the craftsmanship, the craftsmanship that actually helps um, uh, Simply Safe beat out all of the other competitors, and it makes it so worth it when you when you see Simply Safe and you see the price of it, and then you see the quality of Simpl- Simply Safe, and then you see the quality. Uh, and the lack of craftsmanship, and more
2: importantly, how much you've been paying for the other system, it'll blow you away. It's also uh, really good for renters. Uh, that's something we don't talk about often, but my my sister-in-law has a new baby, another one on the way, uh, and is renting a home. And, you know, this is something you can install in your rental home and then take it out when you leave and put it in the new rental home. And you don't have to pay for it again. You don't have to deal with all these new fees. It's $14.99 a month. And when you know, we have a, you're you building a family, this is, some, this is a step you have to take. Mm-hmm. This, is not, this is not optional in today's world, right? Like, you've got to have an alarm system in your house. You've got to have a good one that actually works like Simply Safe. And for $14.99 a month, you're not going to beat it. It's good for apartments, it's good for your home. It's good enough to protect, uh, here
1: in my office, the ruby slippers, the cup of a carpenter, uh, and the Darth Vader mask. It's all protected by Simply Safe. Simply safe. Never have to sign a contract. Simply safe beck.com. Go there now. You'll get 10 percent off your system. It's simply safe beck.com. So I want to get into the Khashoggi case. Uh, this is the case of that Washington Post journalist. He was a Saudi citizen. He's not, you know, despite what the journalists will tell you, they they leave out the part that he is actually uh, Muslim Brotherhood. And uh, his problem with Saudi Arabia is that they wouldn't, you know, uh, protect or sanction the Muslim Brotherhood. Well, you know, Saudi Arabia knows who the Muslim Brotherhood is. Um, And uh, so he had a falling out with the kingdom and then he had to go get a, uh, you know, divorce certificate. He divorced his wife in Saudi Arabia, had to go into the Saudi embassy in Istanbul, Turkey, and he disappeared. His fiance was waiting for him outside. It appears as though the Saudis came, landed a jet on the tarmac, came with a bunch of empty suitcases and a bone saw, chopped him up and put him in the uh, suitcases, took him out of the embassy, put him on a plane, and he's probably scattered over some desert in Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia said that's outlandish, that's crazy, yada, yada. The Turks went in. Uh, Apparently, there was a massive cleaning crew that went in right before the Turks could go and investigate. Uh, Some more things were leaked by the FBI, or sorry, by the CIA, etc. And uh, now our Secretary of State is over with the King of Saudi Arabia, and it looks as though they are going to admit that, yes, they did kill him. Uh, but it was an interrogation that just went horribly wrong. And we're going to punish all the people that were involved.
4: Yeah.
1: So now like the a
2: 24 episode.
1: Oh, it's it's crazy. Yeah. This, this is I mean, this is honestly rear window. Alfred Hitchcock. This is exactly Alfred Hitchcock with somebody sit, sitting outside going, wait, I, I, I think they chopped her up. In that case, it's a woman. I think they chopped her up and then took her away in the middle of the night. And everybody's like, "No, that's crazy." Well, it yep, turns out it was, and uh, and it's the same thing here. Somebody's sitting outside, going, "I think they chopped
2: him up and took him out in suitcases." It's it is the Hitchcock rear window, and this has obviously gone very awry for the Saudis because you don't do things like this and expect to admit to an interrogation gone wrong two weeks later. Like this is something you do, and you deny. I mean, Russia does this all the time. They're constantly killing journalists, and they're like, "I don't even who." I don't even know who that was. What is polonium? I've never even heard of the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like that that's their pattern and they never admit it. If Saudi Arabia actually comes out and admits, yeah, we kind of killed that journalist. That's a big moment uh, in, you know, geopolitics. That's not a that's not a tiny thing today
1: or how today or tomorrow, the way the president answers Saudi Arabia when. When they admit to doing this, this is an ally. Uh, This is one of our bigger backers. This is probably our best friend next to Israel in the Middle East. They stand against a lot of the stuff that we stand against. They're uh, a big supporter now of Israel. Um, We're in a proxy war in Yemen with them. Most people don't even know that, but we're fighting a war in Yemen at their request, and they're fighting with us. Um, They keep Iran at bay. We're about to sell them a whole buttload of arms. They also dump money into our tech industry.
2: Yeah, um, tech is taking a beating right now
1: because Mm -hmm. of this. Um, They also dump a lot of money into our banking system. Uh, They
2: also have that cool orb. That that, that orb is pretty sweet. Sure, okay. Did the orb predict this? Do we know that? Has anyone asked the orb? Why hasn't anyone interviewed the orb about this incident? Notice how the orb is uh, shaggy stuffed silent. inside of
1: it. <laughs> He's stuffed inside <laughs> it of it. It could now. be how they, sh- they hide. People. So um, what does the president do? What do we do? This way you don't get involved in these things because it's none of our business. I mean, I don't want it to be any of our business. I don't want to have our whole economy and everything else hinge on what they just did. Wait, we don't wait. like that. We don't want to endorse it. We don't want to be anywhere
2: near it. It certainly feels different, but help me quantify the difference here for a minute. These regimes are killing people all the time. Yes. Uh, We know bad things are happening uh, all the time, and, you know, Saudi Arabia is not innocent of these things. Yes. Is it just because it's a journalist? Is it just because it was on foreign territory in an embassy? Is it just because, you know, like, the Washington Post really cares what happens to this guy, so therefore it's become a big issue? They can go after Kushner and and Trump because of the relationship? What what do you think? I'd say yes. On all of that? I'd say yes to all of that. Okay. Um, I don't think,
1: if this guy was a preacher... Nobody would have been paying attention.
2: Barely did. We got one back, and no
1: one. Yeah, nobody seemed to care. This one because it's one of theirs. uh, The press cares more about it, but also foreign soil and you know the suitcase thing. It's a pretty amazing story.
0: Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck program.
1: So, Stu, can you help me war game this a bit? talk about this Saudi Arabia thing because right now Congress is saying we want to slap major sanctions on them okay um, you know that we're at a point to where uh, I said you know back in the early 2000s you're going to get to a point where if you haven't dealt with these problems it's going to be too late and there isn't going to be a single good option you are not going to like the options and so right now you have people saying you know I just going to, we're just we're not going to sell them the arms. We're going to slap sanctions on. Them. They admit this. This is horrible. And it is. It is. And that's probably what America should do. However, let me play devil's advocate. Oil is already up at 80. Some some uh, oil is headed up to $100 a barrel. We've pretty much shut down the Texas oil reserves We're I mean, we're slowing them down because of the price of oil. They couldn't make enough money, so they kind of slowed them down. We have to open those things back up again, which we can do, but uh, we're not held hostage by oil. But a, a spike, a severe spike, $120, $140 a barrel, that's what collapsed us last time in 2008 was a spike to 130 or $140 a barrel. You also have Turkey. This is coming from Turkey and Istanbul. Um, Turkey is no fan of Saudi Arabia. Um, the balance of power with Turkey is a little frightening. Economically, the Saudi royal uh, funds are big in Silicon Valley, and that's why
2: one of the reasons why our stock market is taking a hit, at least in the tech sector. Because they think if this goes the wrong way then the the fund the, the funding is not going to come from saudi arabia anymore and you know where are they going to go to get it now obviously there's other places for them to get money for the tech industry but it was easy money uh from the saudis it was uh, easy to get they had plenty of it they were looking to invest it and when you lose a huge source of funding like that it's you know it can hurt the industry you also have saudi arabia being
1: the massive check on um uh, on iran if they are weakened, if uh, they are uh, weakened in the area, not only with Iran, but also the Muslim Brotherhood, that's a significant
2: force in our favor in that. yeah, I mean, Saudi Arabia has remained the least bad option in the region for a while. Next to uh, Israel. Israel no, well, yeah. Israel, and Jordan. There's others yeah. that are that I would say are better options. But with that amount of power yes. and, uh, you know, again, credibility in the Arab world, obviously Israel. It uh, doesn't necessarily have that. Um, but, you know, Saudi Arabia, you know, is a is the big uh, sort of backstop, right? So they what do we do? Can, they can stop the worst of the things that are your going president,
1: on. Here. Your president, President Stu. What mm-hmm. do you do today?
2: I uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, resign. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think... Um, you have to figure... First of all, we need... I would certainly... The first thing I would do is have more information than I currently do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I... Let's I say
1: see her over there with the king, and the king says, oh, she's screw up, total screw up. This guy, they were out of control. You know, I wanted him brought over here. They got out of control. They started torturing him for answers. He died. Then they just chopped him up, put him in a suitcase. Yes, all of that stuff is true, and I can't believe... And these guys, they've all... They're already dead
2: (laughs) or whatever, Uh, you know, but yes, we did it. Jeez, I mean, I think you, at the very least, are going to do something public, right? You're going to do potentially sanctions or something of that nature. Um, You're probably also uh, going to tell them they need to be uh, incredibly uh, open about punishing these people uh, and sending that signal. Uh, And I think uh, you probably wind up as a president, with everything that you have to uh, deal with, I mean, I think it's okay to take a stand and say, you know, this sort of stuff can't happen anymore. We still have relations with a lot of a lot of countries who have done much worse than having killing one journalist. As sad as that is, I mean, this is you know, uh, this and happens all this over the world. This isn't. This guy is not just a journalist. He is a
1: he is a member of the Muslim Brotherhood. That's really the problem here. Is that. Uh, they believe that he was um you know helping the muslim brotherhood against saudi arabia and possibly even helping the muslim brotherhood here in the united states so he's not just a journalist this let's 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 clear that up this isn't uh, saudi arabia columnist
2: really yeah
1: and it's not that they were killing him because he was a journalist but because of his ties to the muslim brotherhood right we
2: think i mean it's you know it's literally impossible to be able to judge all the moving parts behind the scenes that we don't know about right and you know that's just why you this is why you hire a president that you trust and and you know this is why you vote right because it's these situations we know this with bush i mean you you met with him during the war and he informed you of nothing uh, top secret or anything but a lot of the different uh things that you had to consider when making these decisions and, you know, it's easy to say, well, we should just never talk to Saudi Arabia again and throw them out. There's a lot of things behind the scenes that they're doing. For example, helping in the fight against terrorism. They've mm-hmm. been, uh, while obviously, we, as we all know, 9-11, uh, many of the people came from Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. There's been all sorts of questions on that. And we've talked about distancing ourselves for a long time. And this is probably a great uh opportunity to do that a little bit um but you know there's a, there have been they've also arrested and killed a lot of terrorists uh, uh that have assisted us over the years as well um on, on those efforts so i mean it's a tough one i think you have to you have to send the signal you have to make sure i think probably sanctions or something if this is actually uh, proven um you have to you have to do something publicly but you look at i mean russia's done terrible things like that and we haven't uh we haven't uh, acted uh, anymore. Not selling arms to Russia. No, no, it's true. Not selling arms to Russia. And, you know, the idea that, okay, well, arms sales help jobs is not a great argument. <laughs> this is the one yeah. thing that we have to, we can't really consider the economy first when you're talking about arms sales. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think taking that step of, of probably sanctions, and maybe that's what it is, maybe it's arms, um, is this going to be
1: important, an important, really, really important decision for us. What does President Glenn do? Um, first I go back in history and I look at, uh, the Archduke Ferdinand moment because this is the exact kind of moment that the world thinks is no big deal that could spiral out of control so quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, I send my secretary of state over, which is exactly what Trump did yesterday. Um, I gather all of the evidence and then I am as strong as I possibly can, uh, understanding and weighing everything, uh, that is currently going on. Trying not to weaken them, but not necessarily empower them uh, as well and try to get myself out of it in a long term strategy of getting away from the bad guys.
2: And, and I think, you know, we're both going back and forth a little bit because we just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. There's yeah. not enough information to yeah. make this decision logically. But what I'll say is that while I am not a fan at all of this slogan, American America first, and I think it has a terrible history. um, uh, in this situation, that is your priority here is to make sure that whatever happens is whatever is in America's best interests. You can't start a war. You can't start. Um, uh, you can't go crazy. And to, just to make a statement, if the long term effect uh, of this is a negative for the United States, we've seen this with uh, North Korea. Right. Like, I mean, in North Korea, you can, I think, make a serious argument that and I don't think Trump wants to go out there and be talking about how he loves Kim Jong Un publicly. I think he thinks that's the best way to avoid negative consequences. And if we're if I got to say a bunch of words to make this better. Good. We were saying this last night on the News and Why It Matters. Again, South Korea, the
1: time to take care of that was under the Bush administration. We didn't. Or Clinton. Or Clinton. We didn't do it. And now you're in a situation where you have no good options. Well, welcome to the world that we ourselves created or allowed it to be created for us. Same situation in Saudi Arabia. Let me go to Chad quickly in South Carolina. Hello, Chad.
3: Good morning. How are you, how sir? You doing, Glenn? Very good. How, do how are you doing? Good, how are you? Doing great. Uh, just letting you know uh, how much I'm enjoying uh, the book, Addicted to Outrage, so far. Thank uh, you. I've only gotten to chapter three because my girlfriend just bought me the book yesterday. Uh, I just want to tell you so relatable, uh, as you open up and say, describe yourself as an optimistic, uh, catastrophist. <laughs> I, 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 I could not relate to that, uh, more, you know, you have, have trouble, uh, showing people maybe the silver lining whenever you're highlighting, uh, the yeah. negative aspects, but, yeah. but behind it are all of the ways that you can improve. And, uh, uh, I think it's a great book so far, and I'm looking forward to reading the rest of it. But I'd like to get it autographed. Uh, I,
1: I just I did. That? I just made one to you, Chad, and we'll send it off in the mail. Um, uh, Chad, thank do me a favor. Call it. me when you're done. I'd like to hear what you think at the end. Okay. All right, thank brother. You. Thanks a lot. B- bye-bye. All right. Our uh, sponsor this half hour, we want to thank American Financing for making this program possible. Home sales have slowed down heading into fall, but not for first time homebuyers. They actually account for fifty five percent of the mortgages that have been originating now. So to keep up with the first time home buyers entering the market. You need a reliable lender that can process your loan super fast, and that is American Financing. They offer dedicated mortgage consultants and an in-house underwriting team to secure financing for your dream home ASAP. They've been in business since 1999. They have stellar reviews on Google, Zillow, BBB, you name it. So if you're looking to buy, you need American Financing. Give them a call today, AmericanFinancing.net, 800-906-2440. That's 800-906-2440. Close on your house quickly. Get the right loan for you, AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Have you seen A Star is Born yet? Uh, no, my wife did, though. She loved it. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga both deserve an Oscar. And nobody deserves an Oscar because you have to go. You know what I mean? I don't wish that <laughs> so on anybody.
2: You're punishing both yeah, Bradley Cooper and so they and both Lady should Gaga. be
1: punished uh, with an Oscar. No, they're just phenomenal. He is as good at singing as she is at acting. It's incredible. Uh, and uh, just a great story. I saw it. <laughs> with my wife on Friday and we went and there was a whole row of 40 something year old woman, women uh, all coming in with a glass of wine. uh, And uh, it wasn't pretty. It it wasn't pretty. Uh, You know, (laughs) they just wanted him with his shirt off and uh, it just wasn't, it was stunned. and they drank and they drank and they drank and they drank. And uh, when we walked out, I'm not going to give away anything, but it, it happens in his home at a garage with the last couple of scenes and you know it's it's kind of the climax of the whole movie and uh and you you know it, it it kind of is a thread that weaves throughout the entire movie okay and uh they were standing in the lobby on the end going i don't i don't i, don't, I didn't what, what what happened in the garage <laughs> what happened and, the, and they're like and the other one's like i don't know i didn't understand it and i'm like <laughs> oh my gosh how did you eat? they were so blasted. Yeah, this is why you don't They did uh, see him with his shirt off so that was good for them. Stay away from alcohol kids. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> you could do some It's dormage. really good, you should see it.
2: Uh yeah, uh, and uh it did it's doing very well. Uh at least as far as the reviews go. People are talking about it as a big time Oscar movie. Have you seen what is it? First in First Man? First Man? Have you seen that? I haven't. Um though i'm i'm fascinated by the sort of cultural controversy around surrounding that movie mm-hmm. which i mean we talked about it when the story came out that they didn't put the scene of them planting the flag in the moon right um uh, in the movie which is the iconic moment of this yeah. story i mean but the but the argument was it's not it's showing it's making
1: it into a global thing and i said if they have the patches of the flag on their arms yep. they have the usa on the rocket and the and the flag on the you know the the lunar lander
2: What's the problem? Right. It's, it's an odd choice, I thought. You know, it, it's the iconic moment of that movie. Why wouldn't you put it in the movie? It, it's the iconic moment of that whole I situation. I don't think so. I think the iconic moment is the one step for man. That's another one, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a couple. Right? Yeah, right. Um, But now, uh, now I've not seen the movie, um, but there's a, a couple articles that are out talking about the flag. And first of all, the flag's all over the movie. I mean, they, they, they can cite, you know, 15, 20 examples of the flag all over the place. And mm-hmm. some of it is like just a patch or, mm-hmm. it's the yeah. you know, which, which you kind of understand would be really obvious if they took yeah, it out. Yeah, but it's yeah. not even only just that. For example, uh, apparently they don't show them planting the flag into the moon. However, in the scene, you can see the flag planted in the moon in the background. Wait like, it's already been planted mm-hmm. there and they mm-hmm. show it. It's Wait not like they're minute. avoiding the flag. They just don't show that minute. moment.
1: Not good enough. What if those 40 year old women are there and they're
2: like, I don't understand. How did the flag get there? Was it there already? Did somebody
0: else come and put it there? How did they
1: even get
2: there? A couple bottles of Chardonnay. You might not understand this, but I mean, are we not just a victim here of. Of, of addiction, addiction to outrage. To outrage, right? Like it, this does not <laughs> seem to be a thing. No, it. Most of it's not. Most of it's this. Not.
1: This. Okay, today there's a tweet from Donald Trump. Oh, did he say something crazy? Of course he did. It's a tweet from Donald Trump. Today we're also talking about uh, Warren, Elizabeth Warren's Cherokee heritage. Why does this matter? Why <laughs> does this matter?
2: I mean, you know, again, we have. The Saudi Arabia thing going on that is much more important. I mean, not to mention that we're going to hit a trillion dollars in debt again for this year. Another trillion dollars in debt. There's no sign of that letting off, despite the fact that we are in a good economy. We're we're, we're popping a, a trillion plus on the books when the unemployment rate is almost at full employment. We're almost at the peak of our employment uh, situation. We are at a point where we are the stock market, despite a couple of bad days this week, uh, has been raging for a very long time. Uh, housing prices are up. Everything, you know, everything is pointing in the right direction and we're still throwing a trillion dollars on the fire. Let me just put this up, this new banner from CNN
1: the disappearance of journalists put spotlight on Trump's business ties. Again, they, they, he is because candidate Trump talked about uh, uh, doing business with the Saudi Arabians. Yes, he's talked about that for a very long oh time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Now, the, the only reason why they care about yeah. the Saudi Arabian thing. Forget about you. Forget about gas prices. Forget about the economy. Forget about the tech sector. Forget about all of that this is just another way for them to talk about donald trump
2: don't play that game just don't play that game i wish i cared about anything in the world as much as cnn cares about what donald trump tweets i, I mean if they are absolutely chemically obsessed with this man they are it's it's incredible they are
1: chemically addicted they cannot break the spell and unfortunately the one who loses in that is them
0: Glenn Beck Mercury